workers of the world unite, but not like that. We're coming back to the truckers in Canada story because it helps us understand what is going on in the world. And we need to understand what's going on between the elites and the governments and the regular normal people, as some have said, the workers of the world. As some said, workers of the world unite. For 100 plus years, we've been told that the workers of the world need to get together and grow against the systems that are oppressing them. But not like this, not like this, the governments say. Whoops, we did it the wrong way. Well, let's talk about it a little bit today. Welcome to Church Public. Let's get started. Full disclosure, I married a Canadian. So if I talk with fondness and love for our friends in the North, it's because I have fondness and love for our friends in the North. It's because I literally married into another house, another country, um, and I'm living in the same house with some of those foreigners. Therefore, my extended family, married family, is also Canadian, and I have a great heart for what is happening in that country as well as my own. This matters because freedom matters, and these Western countries are doing, by and large, the same types of things, and that's why we're looking at this Canadian trucker story, which has garnered all sorts of attention really across the globe in negative and positive ways. We're going to look at a couple of those, and why does it make any difference to us here in America? Why does it make any difference to just a regular, normal Christian? Because that's what we want to do. We want to talk about current events from a Christian perspective. From a Christian perspective means if you're just a normal Christian and you're going, I, I don't care about this. I don't care about what's happening in Canada. I don't care about what other governments are doing. I just want to put food on my table. I just want to take care of my family. I just want to go to church. I just want to follow God. That's why this matters. These truckers, by and large, and we'll talk about this, we'll look at this, are standing up because the government told them in no uncertain terms they were no longer able to put food on their table, to care for their family, to go to work unless they follow specific government guidelines that to many of them seemed like undue tyranny. And I mean tyranny specifically defined as you tell me what I have to do medically or otherwise, otherwise I cannot work. This has been their livelihood. The governments of both countries, America and Canada, put in various restrictions over the last month, and I've detailed those in other episodes. You can check those out at churchpublic.com or at any of the podcast places. But they put in they put in things that said you have to wait 14 days quarantine in between driving across countries. Of course, if you're just a regular trucker making regular dollars and you don't have millions in the bank like some of these elites, that really eats into your bottom line. Having to sit in your truck for two weeks, having to sit in a hotel for two weeks before you can continue with your journey, like that obviously is not going to work. The trucking industry has to go. The whole point of the trucking industry is go, 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 go. And <clears throat> that's why this is such a big deal. And that's why we have to look into this and see, well, what's going on in Canada and what does that mean for America? And that's one of the reasons I've been so vocal about some of the difficult things Canada has faced over the last couple of years. I talked about pastors being arrested. That's a really big deal. To literal burning of churches this last summer. If you missed some of those episodes, if you said nobody burned down churches in Canada, no, no, I'm not talking about China. I'm not talking about Afghanistan. I'm not talking about Iran. People burned down churches in Canada because of some of the wackiness that's going on in Canada. These things are happening. Now we have farmers and regular folk, regular people, standing up against the tyrannies of the government. And the governments are saying, well, what they have said for the past hundred years or so are workers of the world unite. 
You may remember that. Actually, I might even have a slide for that. This is our friend Karl Marx. If you're not watching, if you're just listening, it says workers of the world unite. That sounds wonderful, right? Yeah, let's do that. Except then you see the Canadian workers standing up and saying, hey, we just want to literally work. We want to provide for our families. And you have, if, again, if you're not watching, delicious meme here with Marx saying, no, 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 not like that, which is the essence of what our elites are saying. No, no, the truckers, I mean, they've been called racist, white supremacists, uh, interlopers, insurrectionists, all these other words, the, the buzzwords of, of the current day. That's what they're being called. I've even had some people uh, give me strong words and, and kind of unfollow me and things like that over this deal. They're like, oh, no, those people in Canada are bad. The truckers are bad. I'm like, why? Why would you say that they're bad? Um, because you're seeing, uh, you know, one of the news stations put a, uh, a Nazi flag up. It turned out as the, as the curtain was unfolded, there was literally a Nazi flag there and everybody who was on the ground, there are videos of this. I'm not going to show it. I don't have time to show all of the things because you can either believe it or not. You can believe your lying eyes. You can believe what the news media or the left or the politicians, which now are all just one big conglomerate are telling you, or you can find this information out for yourself. There was literally one, people were like, get out of here. We don't want that here. And by and large, they're saying, they're preaching a message of love. Like literally talking about love, literally talking about providing their families and, and talking about they're hugging, they're laughing, they're dancing. There are kids uh, who are giving their support to this. They literally are even praying. Let's take a look at this. This is some of the truckers. I will be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom, the power, and glory, forever and ever. Amen. 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 I mean, I'm just saying here, people, don't believe your lying eyes uh, in all the things that you're seeing on the news. Um, and it, this is important. It's important because, as I mentioned, we're seeing the news portray the truckers as being evil people who are insurrectionists and white supremacists and racists. And yet what we're seeing on the ground in these people, and again, I'm not going to play all the videos for you. You can go and look at the videos. And, and I guess the challenge is try to find a video of these truckers setting things on fire, burning down police stations, um, you know, shooting people. I, I'm going to say anything's possible, but to date, and I've looked, I haven't found anything like that. Why does that matter? Well, for the last year, we've been told that another form of protest is totally okay. In fact, even if the city is literally on fire, it's a fiery but mostly peaceful protest. Uh, and if, again, if you're not watching, I'm showing the clip from CNN where their Chiron says, this is a fiery but most, mostly peaceful protest where the reporter, behind the reporter, the, it's literally on fire. So you've got one side of these things saying protests are evil, uh, because these Canadian truckers are doing it and they're terrible and they're destroying everything, destroying statues, which, by the way, certain people had no problem destroying statues over the last year. But in this instance, it's bad. And note, so far, I haven't seen any statues destroyed in this in this. But and we're told that literally setting buildings on fire is OK if it's in the right conditions, but not actually setting things on fire or shooting people or doing bad things. Uh, 
in this instance is bad. And so you have the Prime Minister of Canada saying this particular protest is a really bad protest. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe, to put food on our tables. Uh, Canadians know where I stand. This is a moment for responsible leaders to think carefully about where they stand and who they stand with. So this particular prime minister not only has not met with any of these people, he disappeared. He went to some lake house. Uh, I believe people have tracked him down, but his whereabouts for even a couple of days were unknown. Why? Because he didn't want to interact with this. Whereas during these other protests that he referenced, he literally went in them, took a knee with them, was participating in them where and just. I hate to keep coming back to this. People literally in certain areas set things on fire, burned down police stations. There were murders. There were all kinds of things that happened in this other type of protest. But the protest where they're honking some horns, that's very dangerous to honk horns. Uh, they're blocking some roads, very dangerous to block roads. <clears throat> they're doing all of these actions that are bad. Why are they bad? Why is this coming out? Was I mean, again, for a hundred years or so, we heard workers of the world unite. And the challenge from the lower classes was to unite around the work, to challenge the system. After all, that's what we've heard for so long, right? The system is against you. Systemic things are against you. But when the workers literally come against the system, that is literally telling them they cannot work if they don't comply. The government says, no, 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 not like that. Not like that. You're supposed to go against the system in the way we want you to go against the system as your cherished leaders of the system. So if you rebel against the system, in the way that we, the leaders of the very system, say, then we want to take care of you and keep you safe in the system we create. That all makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's becoming clearer to most of us, uh, at least some of us, that the government never wanted a revolution in the way that Marx said. They wanted a fearful and compliant and weak population that would do whatever they said. And they've spent the last 24, 26 months telling us this, and people are beginning to see it. So much so that millions of dollars, millions of dollars have gone to support the truckers, whom again are not rich. Many spent their last dollar to get to this protest. Many were being supported by donations. They needed food and water and fuel. And by the way, there are communities that have gathered around them, giving them food and water and fuel. And then the police late Sunday night, late Sunday night, hear that part, that's an important part, in the cover of dark, showed up and began taking, confiscating the fuel of the truckers. This is their literal lifeline. If you've never been to Canada, it gets a little bit cold in the winter. Most of these truckers were staying in their trucks. That's where truckers sometimes live, where they have to keep warm because it's freezing outside and that requires what? Fuel. So the government, the police started taking away their fuel. And their funding site, the web funding site, GoFundMe. I talked about this the other day, but it's important to reiterate the, the website GoFundMe decided to keep all the money that was raised for this group. Literally, they were going to keep the money, and they said they would donate instead of to this group to other groups that, quote-unquote, deserved it more. Wait, isn't that stealing? 
I'm not sure, but that kind of sounds like stealing. Someone donates money for a certain thing, and then the middle organization that says, well, I don't like the thing that you're donating to, so I'm just going to keep this and give this to whoever I wanted. That may sound like Robin Hood to some of you, but believe me, it's not. That's just plain old stealing. And, fortunately, only after a bunch of pressure from literally the global community did GoFundMe choose to decide to automatically refund those that had contributed in the first place. Why is it that this world, the elites of this world, really are so against the workers of this world? Didn't they want to, for the workers of the world to unite? No, no, not like that. Why are they big mad at the workers of the world? And why are they so mad that the workers of the world are uniting? It's almost as if that this whole thing, workers of the world unite and overthrow the systems, blah, 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 etc., was a lie from the beginning. It's almost as if the Russian Revolution killed more people than it saved. It's almost as if the Maoist Revolution killed more people than it saved, etc., etc., at all. This is the way that we have been sold a bill of goods, and this poor generation that has bought into, yay, socialism, it's real socialism has never been tried, real communism has never been tried. No, no, it's been tried. The problem is it literally doesn't work, and it kills people, because when you say you have to follow my rules or else, that or else does come back around, and what happens? The government comes in and takes your livelihood and takes you off to a gulag somewhere. Again, I'm not, you don't have to believe me. Go and read the actual histories of what happened in Russia, in China, in uh, with Pol Pot, with, I, I'm not going to go into all that history. You guys glaze over when I go into history. But you have to understand this has been tried. It just doesn't work because it's based on a faulty premise. What is that premise? The premise is if we all band together and create this utopia, then everyone will live happily ever after. The problem is in the real world, it doesn't work that way. One, a fallen human nature. Two, the original sin that we have through the garden. Three, we just can't measure up to what God has for us, and we try to replace God. This has been the thing we've been doing since the beginning, since the garden. We try to replace God. We try to be like God. We try to enforce God-like things. None of those things are going to work. The only thing that's going to work is Jesus. And we're going to talk more about that in a moment because that is really what I always try to come back to. So where does this leave us with Canada? Well, here in America, the truckers are amassing. They are preparing and they are planning a convoy uh, from California to D.C. There's actually a couple that I've heard about. We'll see what actually comes to fruition. It bums me out a little bit in terms of American pride that the Canadians did at first. As much as I love you guys in Canada. Come on, America. Where are you at on this? Sleeping. I don't know. But the problem is here in America, as we're amassing, as we're preparing, and as we're getting ready for this convoy, this convoy, mark my words, I'm not a future teller, but I, I can tell you what's going to happen based on what has happened. <laughs> this convoy will, will be labeled an insurrection, just as we have seen from the J6 circus. The government has gone too far in personal and religious freedom, and people are pushing back against it. However, as we've seen from recent polls, many people, especially in Democrat circles, agree with the government, and it stands to note that this, this very thing, is what our founders in America were worried about. This is the thing. This is the reason the Constitution is laid out in the way that it is. This is the reason they wrote the Declaration in the way that they did. <clears throat> The, I hear almost every day somebody say something nonsensical about keeping our democracy and ultimately not understanding that America is a republic, and it's a republic for a very specific reason. A mob is still a mob. 
A misguided mob that fights for freedom like we're seeing in Canada can easily and quickly devolve into a mob that burns down cities like we saw last summer in the fiery but peaceful protest. This is why the founders built in hedges and protections and checks and balances and accountability into the government in America. The founders knew that the leadership of the government had every inclination of getting too powerful, so they planned for that. And the leader and the founders of America knew that mob rule almost always turns out bad when everybody says let's just do this thing and then we light the torches and then we go after the beast it ends up being a beastly battle we don't want that either but what does the ruling class become that's why i played a couple a couple days ago of the world elites telling us quote the good news is the elites across the world trust each other more and more the bad news is the majority of people trust the elite less end quote and they're really sad about that she this later this leader went on to say how do we lead if nobody follows that's the problem the elites are so disconnected from regular people are they really our betters? If they're so disconnected from literal reality or morality or faith or God, do they represent us? Do they speak for us? That's why this story is so important. The Canadian truckers represent the regular, normal people who have been insulted and put down over past years. The ones calling them names, literally calling them names, are so disconnected from reality that they're the same people saying men can be women and women can be men. They have no purchase on what actual reality is, what the working class is, what people have to deal with who don't have millions and millions in their bank account to just lean back on when all of the stores close or all of the trucks can't get to the stores, which is why this is such an important thing. The truckers realized they're just the ants that are marching and the 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 people that are trying to just step on all of the ants are saying we control you but the ants don't realize there's a lot more ants than there are of these elites and so just by stopping the trucks for a few days all of a sudden people feel it and they're like oh maybe these people have some kind of value other than the just ant-like value that we elites give them because we are sophisticated and you obviously are not. So they just don't understand because they've been stuck in this bubble and they don't look outside of the bubble. They don't want to look outside of the bubble. They can't understand why these quote-unquote regular people are not happy with rising prices and undue restrictions that limit their very ability to provide for their families. So we must pray and seek and stand and speak. If you disagree with all of this, fine, but at least know what you stand for. You have to choose a side, and I'm talking to you. This is not a thing where you can sit back, because as we move into this phase where America and, and Americans and American truckers and other people are going to stand up and say, hey, you've been taking our rights for so long, we kind of want our rights back. You have to choose a side. Do you want to choose with the elite or the everyday person? Do you want to stand with freedom or safety? Do you want to stand with truth or lies? We really have come to the place where there is no middle. You cannot live for truth and lies. You cannot live for freedom and safety. They are mutually exclusive. You're going to have to choose, and you're going to have to choose sooner than later. Whether you live in middle America, whether you live on the coast where this is more acute right now, it's going to come for us all. And as one wise person put it, no one can serve two masters. Either will you, you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. That's Jesus in Matthew 6, 24. And God's words to the church in Laodicea. Let me read this for you. 
I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Because you are lukewarm, maybe you've heard this, neither hot or cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. Don't you realize you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked? But, this is verse 21, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is a really important verse, and it's a really important point that I want you to consider and really think about. Which side of this are you on? God is making it very clear that if we live in in comfort and we live in the idea that our money can take care of us, we're rich, we don't need anything, especially we don't need God, our government's going to take care of us, we don't need God, whatever is the cause that we just don't need God anymore, there is something coming and there's something different. And I want you to be prepared for that. And again, cultural events from a Christian perspective. This is the Christian perspective. And by and large, in the church, in the Western world, Canada, America, Australia, England, other places, we have gotten away with being lazy. We've gotten away with saying, it's fine. We have freedom. Everything's great. We're at the point now where it's just not true anymore, and it is escalating quickly. And again, I hate to say it. I hate to be like a forward. Uh, I hate to predict what's going to happen, but this is what this is where we're going. When this American trucker convoy comes out, and you're going to hear about it, it is going to be labeled an insurrection by the media and the politicians and all of the people, and it's going to be labeled all of the bad words, and the people saying the bad words are going to want you to say the bad words along with them. And what are you going to do? Are you going to decide that truth is important? Are you going to decide that freedom is important? Uh, are you going to side with the better elites that claim to know what is best for us? Or are you going to follow after God? There really is a third way here. And again, I don't think mob rule is the right way. This mob could easily get pushed into a situation that is really, really bad. That's not a good place to be either. Again, mob rule is not the way, which is why the founders were so specific to say we are not a democracy. A straight democracy would be just everybody votes and everybody says what happens. And that turns into the loudest person wins and then you get a megaphone and then you lead everybody off with torches to burn down the castle. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't get into that. It's going to be very tempting to go in that direction. What we need to do instead is follow after God and figure out what is freedom, what is safety, what is lies, what are lies, and what is really the truth. This is the important thing that we've got to come to the bottom of, and we've really got to figure this out. So we'll you know, I'll just come back to this. What comes next? I can't say. I, I don't really know. But what I can say is the trouble is brewing. The governments are taking their stand against the people and the governments are taking their stand against God. That's been very evident over the past several months and years. Will the voice of the people be heard or will they devolve into a raging mob? I don't know. I hope the voice of the people is heard. I hope it's not a raging mob. Will the government relent and will they head back towards morality and freedom? Or will the totalitarian regime continue arresting grandmothers who wander into the wrong place at the wrong time? I don't know. Only time will tell. The only thing I know for sure is that Jesus offers peace in the midst of this calamity. And he gives us courage in the midst of societal unrest. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's Jesus in John 16, And that's about all from me today. God bless, and I hope that you keep the faith. 